0: Hey everyone how are you today (laughs) oh I'm ready for vacation it's vacation time it's the holidays and we're all going to take a little break here at facially conscious and so we're going to give you a few of our favorite episodes from our last season and they will be up in the next several weeks until we get back to it right like I think we plan on coming
1: back in February. Yeah. So whenever our last recorded new episode hits, we'll be doing some reruns. And these are based on some of your reviews as well as some of our favorite episodes to do. So be sure to listen in. Remember, if you haven't heard it, it's new to you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And if you want to follow us or get in contact with us in any way, either over the holidays or any time of year. Just feel free to go to our faciallyconscious.com website where we have our blog. You can access our Instagram from there. And you have all of our episodes so that you can re-listen as often as you want. Plus, you have all of our backgrounds, including some of our regular guests like Dr. Mark Lees and Dr. James Wang, Dr. Doris Day. We're all going to be up there. So another way is to subscribe or follow us on Instagram under Facially Conscious. And you can also go to Facebook, Facially Conscious. You can also send to us at info at faciallyconscious.com. So if you have topic ideas, you have questions, just let us know. Because even though we have well over 500 ideas for the next
0: 500 <laughs> podcasts,
1: episodes, we, we always need more. Yes, so. and
0: in, and if it's a request from you, we'll do it first. So, That's you know, right. we want to know what priority. you guys want to hear right. about. So, let us know. You can comment on our website um, or on Instagram or Facebook or at info at faciallyconscious.com so enjoy these next few episodes and yes. have a happy holidays. absolutely <laughs> and take care of your skin in the wintertime yes bye. bye hello 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 ladies and welcome back to episode 17 on skin barrier and barrier repair which is kind of a takeoff on what we did last time how are you guys doing very well. Sounds very sexy. Skin <laughs> barrier and barrier repair. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about our derriere repair? Oh,
2: dermatologists you know? <laughs> <laughs> are sorry. all about barrier. So I cannot wait for this one. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Please, if that's educate your whole us. business,
0: basically, kind of right on the skin. Of there are this. a lot
2: of rashes that come about if people's barriers are not. Intact, yes. But it's not my whole business.
0: No, I know. But I mean, a lot of your business is about like the barrier.
3: Isn't barrier just skin?
0: Well, it's the very surface,
1: the very top of the skin called the stratum corneum. Gotcha. And we're going to be posting an illustration of that on the show notes. So if you want to see the relationship of the barrier called the stratum corneum, where it sits on the epidermis, which is the lower part of the top part of the skin... And then the dermis, which is where wrinkles occur and sagging and a lot of your visual aging occurs, um, you'll be able to see those different layers on the show notes. So that you'll have an idea better about what Ooh, we're talking Oh, show about. notes with show images. Notes.
2: Do you have that with you now? I'm looking. I, um, <sighs> I, I have actually. all kinds of. Oh, yeah. Images. There's
3: big ones of these. That, in that big one that you have right up. there. Yes.
0: That's the one we're going to be posting. Okay. Oh, so, so basically, to the audience, our barrier is our very surface of right. our skin—the part that everybody stares at and you see. Right. And um, that can get cracked, or rash, or dry, or dehydrated, and that is the Inflamed. part of the skin that protects. The, right. In the lower parts of the skin, right?
1: Yeah, we used to think of it like saran wrap over the skin, that nothing got in, nothing got out, everything uh, you know, was just nice and, and um, like saran wrap. Uh-huh. Well, we now know that it's not anything like saran wrap. I was going to say. So <laughs> it's highly porous. Uh, it's selectively porous. In other words, certain uh, molecules will get in where other molecules won't, but by choosing the right molecules to get in, we can w- influence the skin underneath. So that's that's a skin penetration episode, which we'll add to our our topics. So we're going to have to do one every day in order to <laughs> okay. fulfill all of the ideas and that the, we have.
0: The barrier also protects your skin from getting things that it shouldn't be in there, like smog
1: in. and cigarette smoke, bacteria, mold, yeast, fungus in the air. Uh, we also need to be careful of irritants that could be on the skin. For instance, uh, irritating ingredients like um, benzyl peroxide. If you use too mm-hmm. much of it, it's going to irritate the, the barrier. Um, you can also use uh, oils like essential oils or fragrances on the skin in too high amounts. You're going to irritate the skin. When, and the only reason you get irritation is because something is penetrating the skin.
0: Also if you have dirty makeup brushes right. and you don't clean them or they used them on someone else or you know, a makeup artist or mm-hmm. you could get a
2: staph infection, right? Is yeah. that what it's called? Staph and and also just generally speaking with COVID and everybody using all the sanitizing and, and mm-hmm. just drying over over cleaning their hands. Yeah, absolutely drying it out, messing with the skin's microbiome, which is right, the naturally occurring microorganisms that sit on our skin, right? We have viruses, we have bacteria, we even have fungi, fungi and we have yeast. We have so many bugs on the skin, as we were saying earlier. And when you mess with the microbiome or the skin flora, right? The natural skin bacteria and other things, then allergens get in and irritation occurs and inflammation occurs, which makes people itchy, dry, age faster, all the stuff you don't want. So you want to keep up your skin barrier, no matter what.
0: Um, speaking of that, I've been hearing a lot more today about probiotic ingredients for the skin um, and putting them in products like people using probiotics for to protect the surface. Do you think that's
1: another topic?
0: It could be, but.
1: It definitely is.
0: It, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm not sh- I I honestly don't even know. I would love to talk well, about that. Well, there's things like
1: postbiotics that are on the market, and a probiotic is the organism that is beneficial to the skin. The prebiotic is what that organism eats. And those mm-hmm. are things like in our body, popcorn is a prebiotic. It's really good for your microorganisms. So if you love popcorn like I do, With I wish... butter and salt? Butter and salt, not so much, but the popcorn (laughs) itself is great. Butter and salt kind of goes to other issues, so don't (laughs) overdo it. But there's also um, other fibrous materials that are used as thickeners in cosmetics that we now know are helping to feed the microbiome on the skin. Those are things like xanthan gum and carrageenan, uh, that actually help to feed your natural population of those microbes, and which then keeps your skin stronger, or keeps your microbes stronger. Yeah, and then if you look at postbiotics, postbiotics are the uh, products that the the bugs make that the I don't like to call them bugs uh, <laughs> that the bacteria, microorganisms, the microorganisms That's make, sexier. <laughs> and some of those postbiotics actually strengthen the barrier of the skin are you talking about their poop no i'm talking about their
0: proteins is that a sexier word for poop no it is (laughs) (laughs) fecal matter from bacteria from the microbiome no you said something that they extract so excrete excrete which to me sounds like poop yeah yes when all
1: you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> when all you know is poop, everything looks like poop.
0: <laughs> well, what else do they excrete? Slime? They excrete
1: proteins. Proteins. And these proteins, just like the we, our bodies are made up of proteins, just like proteins are made by our cells to make up our bodies, these microorganisms make up proteins, and these proteins help our bodies operate And so we have formed a synergistic living arrangement with them. Without them, we can't live. Without us, they can't live. So they make proteins proteins that help repair our barrier on our skin. Mm. And so these proteins or these microbes we need in order to help maintain our barrier.
0: So when we have a bad barrier, our barrier is broken or weak or... Has holes Dry, in it. yeah. Does that mean because our our microbiome is um, not flourishing or, or living how it Probably should? Probably not. It's oh. it's more like you have too much
1: stress uh, that influence those little keratinocytes that Dr. Vicky was talking about in the last episode. They make the lipids. So if the keratinocytes are not healthy, they don't make the lipids in proper ratios the lipids that make up the mortar of the brick and mortar wall that is the stratum corneum or the barrier come in different groups. There's ceramides, there's different types of cholesterol, there's uh, fatty acids, and then there's essential fatty acids. If those are not all produced in the proper ratio, then you have a problem with an intact barrier. You can get a weak barrier uh, that has holes in it and then bad things come in like your irritants or the cigarette smoke or or irritating ingredients uh, like alpha hydroxy acids or retin-A can be irritating on a skin that is not intact. Mm-hmm. So we we need to build up that barrier before we can introduce really strong acids, for instance.
0: So if somebody has a barrier that's not good, what do they do? What do you you mean that's not healthy?
1: Healthy? I think of it in terms of healthy and unhealthy or intact and not intact. Or Uh,
0: dry and itchy and cracky.
1: Right. Uncomfortable, like we were talking about. Uh, What do you do? What do you buy? Well, you need to buy things that are going to help improve that barrier. And one of those things is the slugging we were talking about in the last episode, where we put moisture on the skin either after a hot shower mildly warm shower uh, (laughs) or washing your face or steaming or misting uh, like we were talking about and then you cover the face with either pure uh, petroleum jelly which is trademarked vaseline or aquaphor like you love dr vicky or uh, another ointment that is highly occlusive. In other words, it kind of blocks off the barrier of the skin Mm -hmm. from releasing any moisture. And when you block off that barrier, it traps the moisture in the stratum corneum or the barrier, and it increases the water content. And therefore, you feel like you have a plump, healthy, comfortable, moist skin.
2: And, you know, patients with eczema, it's Mm -hmm. now considered part of the treatment, besides obviously giving them medications, part of the treatment and maintain their eczema is to teach them about moisturizing and how important moisturizing is. So basically, it can be as simple to repair your barrier as putting on the right moisturizer, Mm -hmm. moisturizers with ceramides, moisturizers with glycerin, moisturizers with butter, certain shea butters or other oils. But it has to be part of the, the treatment plan because if they are not, if we're not training them to moisturize, their eczema is just going to come back. It'll never get better.
0: Right. So if somebody has an itchy skin from eczema um, or some kind of just dermatitis from the weather, uh, is it okay to put a barrier uh, like a aquaphor over that? It's itch? essential. Yeah,
2: are you saying because it's the barrier is broken, so all the stuff will go in? Is that okay? Like all the um, products will go in more because no, there, just there because are holes if it's the skin? itchy,
0: like if you have a rash, can you put Vaseline over a rash?
1: Actually, Vaseline I don't think helps as much as let's say a ceramide lotion, but
2: and it, it is okay to put grease. You know, I I say grease is like my overall arching description of moisturizers, whether, you know, and ingredients are part of the reason why Rebecca is here (laughs) because she's the ingredient queen. Um, But, yes, it's okay to put Vaseline on. Will it help? I don't know. It might make you feel better. But Mm. ceramides might be better. There are also, you know, other hydrating elements in in so many products out there, which, you know, again, I recommend to my patients. And they change every year. My favorites change every year. (laughs) Um, But, for instance, like I get eczema on my neck. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I had eczema until I was in medical school in Philly. And Philly had crazy cold winters. And all of a sudden, I had this rash. Okay, I knew exactly what it was. I was like, I've never had eczema before. I was in my 20s. Yeah. So I know that I was predisposed genetically. That alone, living in L.A., never happened but put me in a different weather pattern. And it came out. And, you know, I tried to Vaseline and I tried to moisturize. It didn't get better. Finally, I go to the, you know, dermatologist back then and they gave me steroids, topical steroids. Of course, it cleared up right away because topical steroids decrease inflammation because the problem with when dry, dry, dry skin or when you kind of mess with the barrier is there's so much inflammation because all these other allergens are coming into the skin, remember because the barrier's not there, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. calm down the inflammation, the skin feels supple. Within like one or two applications of the cream, the skin feels supple. With with the cortisone. With topical steroids. topical Right. And then if I didn't continue to moisturize, it would have just come back. So then the moisturizing maintenance was the key. And it never came back. It was kind of incredible. Wow.
0: That happened to me one year when I worked in your office, Dr. Vicki. I got something on my arm. It was like, you're like, oh, that's eczema. I'm like, I don't have eczema. I've never had eczema. Yeah, And then and we treated it like that with cortisone, and then I've never gotten it again either. It's so interesting how that
2: well, can it kind of has to be the perfect storm in a way to have. Again, you were you're predisposed, even though you might not know. You know, maybe ingredient got on you, or maybe the weather was really dry, or who knows, hormonally what was happening with you, or what other stressors were in your life, and it happened. And it doesn't necessarily luckily have happen again on you, but the you know people with full body, lifelong eczema, they do struggle and. You know we love these barrier moisturizers.
0: Mm. So what are um, so what does it feel like when you have a healthy or unhealthy barrier? Like how does someone know?
1: Well, a healthy barrier feels comfortable. Your skin feels normal. So not dry or oily. Not dry or or oily or tight. Or super tight. Um, You might feel firm. But that's a difference between tightness and firmness. Tightness is uncomfortable. It's like after you wash your skin with something super um, uh, degreasing, and what like you Like f- a bar of soap. Like a bar of soap. Do or- people
2: use bars of soap? Oh, yes, they oh, do. Yes. I I'm have curious. clients you who know. tell <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> of course,
1: Madam Dermatologist. Of course
2: they do. I, I, I actually have, have a, a uh, patient that washes her hair with a bar of soap. And right? I just go, well, she's like 80. But it's I hysterical. I love it. We used to
0: wash her hair with a right? bar of soap. I used what? ivory soap to wash my yeah. face until I was like 31. <laughs> until i it become What is it? 999 9
1: percent pure soap so it's pure drying. Oh <laughs> to my <the> god. Skin. <laughs> yeah. but, wow. but when it's you ivory. use a cleanser that's too strong for your skin, your skin feels tight because the lipids between the cells or the mortar between the bricks actually is dissolved and carried away when you rinse your skin. So the cells that remain are pulling together <laughs> more tightly and your skin feels tightener tighter and about a half an hour later you're going to start to see flakiness on the skin because there's no glue or mortar to hold the cell or the brick to the skin Hmm. so we can create a artificial dry skin uh, and artificially damage and when i say artificially it's not done by the body it's done by you with products Uh, we can create a damaged barrier by the products we use. Some of the things that will damage a barrier is a short-term use of high-percentage, low-PH alpha-hydroxy acids. Which
0: are glycolic, lactic, lactic, tartaric, malic, all those.
1: Right, and Mm -hmm. we will do an episode on that too. Uh, But also, and, and the cleansers that you're looking for is pure soap, Mm-hmm. And the way that you can tell a soap bar from a cosmetic facial cleanser, so to speak, is that the soap bar will not have ingredients on the package. The product that's a cosmetic for your skin will have the ingredients. because And those are things like Dove that are super-fatted soaps, but they're for the skin, so they're going to have the ingredients on there. Soap, back in 1938, when the FDA started regulating cosmetics, um, the soap industry said, well, soap is used for a number of things, not only to wash our hair and our faces and our bodies, but also to wash the dishes and to clean the laundry. We used a one-size-fits-all. So you can't regulate uh, our products like you do cosmetics. So, soap was left off of the FDA definition of a cosmetic. So, when ingredient lists had to start being put on the package in 1977. Soap wasn't regulated as a cosmetic, so it didn't get ingredient list. Wow. So the way that you can tell a soap and it's going to be too strong for your skin and damage your barrier is if it doesn't have the ingredient list on the package, it's not good for
0: your skin. So all of you out there who use bars of soap (laughs) on your face, don't do it. Or your hair. How stripping. And they also leave
1: in hard water areas, they will leave (laughs) a film over your skin. And if you want any good ingredients to get in there, it's not going to get past that film. And the way you tell if, you're so, or if your product is leaving a film is take a bowl of water, swish your product around in it, and then take a glass that you can see through, dip it in, and if it rinses completely from the glass, it's okay. It's not going to leave a film. If it doesn't, if there's like a soapy or a, mm. a whatever mess on there, then it's not good for your skin.
0: Another project for my daughter. Yeah, another project. So
1: the other aspect of a cosmetic product that you want to avoid is a cream, a moisturizer or a body lotion or a milky cleanser with too much emulsifier in it. And the way you can tell if it has too much emulsifier in it is if it soaps up on the skin or it creams out. If it turns white on your skin, there's too much free emulsifier. That's going to get in between your cells as
0: well. Are you talking about like when you put lotion on and it and it makes that white? Film, right. That's called like...
1: soaping up. Oh. Okay. Or soaping out. And what it does is it, it does something called washing out the skin where it will uh the emulsifier doesn't just uh, make sure water and oil is sticks together in the product. it also will take water and bind it to the lipids in your skin between your skin cells. If there's too much emulsifier yeah. when you go to rinse your skin, the lipids between your cells go away. So it's like a vicious circle or what I call a viscous circle. Um, Because what happens is you put the moisturizer on, it's too strong, it's got too many free emulsifiers in there, it soaps up, it dissolves your, your lipids, you wash it off later in the day, your skin gets dry and tight... So you think you need more moisturizer, so you put more of the what caused the problem in the first place. Oh, goodness. And it's a vicious cycle of moisturizer, dryness, more moisturizer, drier, more moisturizer. So you see it a
0: lot probably, Dr. Vicki, the results of that as well. When clients come to me and they say that even cleansing their skin... Stings, right? That is a compromised barrier. Yes, that's right. That is like one way you can tell if you. And a lot of times that's caused by stuff you do to yourself. So, over exfoliation, over scrubbing, over putting too too strong acids, too much retinol, retin right. A, layering, layering, oh, day after day, and you're starting to like kill your barrier. Right? Too much excitement over your skincare products. Right. Yeah. So when. So when. Um, Clients ask me, uh, if, I mean, when they tell me I have sensitive skin, right away I say, from life, like from birth, you've had mm-hmm. sensitive skin, or just right now, for how long has this been going on? And that way I know, oh, it's caused by something you're doing, well, or not. If you have
1: sensitive skin, you have a damage barrier. Okay. From from birth, even? From whatever. From whatever. Uh-huh. And it needs to be repaired. Mm -hmm. If it's something you're doing, you need to stop doing it. So you need to find out as their esthetician what they're doing so they can stop. Right. But regardless, that barrier needs to be repaired, whether it's from birth or whether it's from something they're doing. Yeah, because
3: sometimes you inherit things like rosacea for its genetic.
1: Especially Scandinavian, Mm -hmm. uh, British Isles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think as a dermatologist, I'm so impressed with products these days. They're so much more potent. They're so much more effective in, in what they say they're doing, right? The acids are stronger. The retinols are stronger. So I used to laugh and say, ah, over-the-counter products can't really do much harm. But it's just not true. You can over-product yourself mm-hmm. because the products have gotten better, So I think it is good to, you know, when patients do come in, I I love when they bring their stuff in so I can see. Now, Mm. of course, I can't always tell because sometimes the ingredients are on the box. So if you're going to the doctor or the esthetician and you have your products, well, I guess now you can just look that stuff up online. But, you know, sometimes it was just fruitless because I couldn't tell and I had no idea what those products were. Um, But looking the products up, um, is a really the ingredients up is nice, but also we don't sometimes know the percentages, but we can usually tell with the basics, like what, they might be doing to injure their skin Right. and it not just being, you know, genetic problem. I have a question. If
3: maybe you've been taking really good care of your skin and you, you know, have kind of self-educated and you have facials on a regular basis and you see a dermatologist, but you want to eliminate things like hyperpigmentation and whatever, and you work up eventually a routine where you are layering I'm talking about myself you're <laughs> layering your acids which has recently proved to be life-changing for my skin that I'm I'm using more and I'm layering as compared to some people who talk about the fact that they were using too much maybe they were you know acid virgins and it was like oh if this is great let's Do you know more. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, how, how do you how do you say to your patients this isn't for you or this it? Because I was I'm a sensitive skin person too, but I I I can handle it. Well, it also
0: depends on what products you're using and what you're layering and what the percentage of acids are in those products and how each person's skin handles it differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that blend, I mean, it's really a trial and error. Right. But you know, as a person. If your skin starts getting too tight or too dry or irritated or burny or stinging, that to pull back and uh, you know, so you've you found a place now where you can cut, you've figured out a, a rhythm with your product. So I guess
3: my question is, do you tread lightly? Do you go slowly when you're trying to? You know, introduce new things and.
2: Right, absolutely. Building up is the key. So, mm-hmm. for instance, acne, I love for acne patients, I love benzoyl peroxide. Some can absolutely not handle it at all. They just get rashes. Other people can handle it once or twice a week. And then we build up slowly over weeks to months to maybe doing it every day. And then we have to switch it around in the winter. And they can't do it in the winter at all. But they could do it in the spring and summer, again, because of the weather. So yes, whether it's retinol, we increase it over the over time to eventually we give them prescription retin A. If they can even ever handle it, we go up in the strength from Retin A. Once they finish the tube of 0.025. If they can handle 0.05, we'll go there. And then finding exactly finding the balance. So I I tell patients to be consistently inconsistent. If they need to back off, back off, go right back on and go slow and build. And you are really good with your products. You you know what to you, what you what your skin can handle. And now you've come to the point where you have finally reached the point where you can layer these products that some people probably couldn't even use by themselves. And yet, I still
3: can't use retin A.
2: And you still can't yeah. use retin a, and I've never which been which is been able to your retin. personal mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one, thing, <laughs> I, such one a problem. thing I
0: tell people, and I'm sure you do too, Dr. Vicki, is um, when we're trying to put somebody on a glycolic or a retinol or something like that, that when you first started, it might be a little bit dry. Or it might, you know, it might affect your skin a little bit, but you got to be consistent with it. So whether we say do it once every three days for two weeks and then go to every two days, but you have to be consistent with it for your skin to like get used to it. There's
1: a study on that, that it was about 25 years ago. It was done down at the University, Tulane University in New Orleans. And what they found was 10% lactic acid at a 3 pH. Uh, applied twice a day, once a day, twice a day for about two months actually help to repair the barrier. Mm. So if you are faithful with your AHA and you've got to build up to it, like you're saying, Dr. Vicki, then you can help to repair the the barrier and that makes the skin better tolerate the AHA.
0: Right. So I say like, don't give up. Right. Just call me if it's happening and we'll slow it down. Yeah. We can slow it down, but I want you to continue to use the product. Yeah, don't we stop. Don't altogether. stop.
1: And another thing that all of these responses have in common, whether it's a change of seasons or AHA or retinoic acid sensitivity, is a damage barrier. And remember that our barrier is damaged in the winter more so than in the summer. Right case. Definitely and weather related. So uh, Julie, when you are getting your routine organized mm-hmm. and you really find something wonderful, you might have a change of seasons or a change of location, or you might take a new drug or get off of a drug. You Or might go have,
2: through menopause. Or go through menopause
1: or have Stress more so than normal. Uh, All of these things will contribute to damaging your barrier. You might change your diet. You might become a vegan, in which case you need to make sure vegan, I guess we say vegan back in the 60s. Vegan. Uh, Vegan. Vegan, okay. Um, (laughs) But you're going to need more oils in your diet if you are a vegan. Uh, And what I said in the last episode about things, food not getting to your skin, one of the things that does get to your skin is an increase in oils and fats. That's good. So that does help. You mean like
0: eating omegas and fish oils and stuff like that? Fish oils and omegas. And those
1: also strengthen the walls of your capillaries and help you grow new vessels. So uh, it's going to help with the nutrition and the hydration of the lower skin as well. Mm
2: -hmm. And just to tap into that lactic acid comment about that study in Tulane, from the dermatologist perspective, people with dry skin on the body, not talking about the face right now. I know this is really a lot of face talk, which is great, but like dry legs, ichthyosis, dry eczema, eczematous skin, we love to recommend lac- lactic acid. Lac hydrin is the common right, one. Right. Lac hydrin is the key. And I explained to the patients yes, it's lactic acid. It might sting for 10 seconds, but it will help slough the dead skin, but it also seals in the moisture. When you get all that dead skin off, at, isn't sloughing off, you can actually seal the moisture in better. Right. And some people can't use it for more than once a week, and then eventually they're using it every day for the rest of their life. So you can build a tolerance right. to certain products that will be really good for you. And I think the key is getting coached. I think it's hard for people to see an esthetician or a dermatologist. And these, this is why these podcasts are great. But if people are having problems, they have to seek help. They can't right. just you can't just constantly try think products so. on their own right. if you're having. That's how of you problems. get sensitized
0: skin. I think.
2: Yeah.
1: And that, again, is a damage barrier. I, I want to drive that home.
0: Damage barrier. When you yeah. have
1: a damaged bar- barrier that underlies everything else and how your skin responds. Mm-hmm. To something. How
0: do, how does azelaic acid help with uh, rosacea? Does anyone know? That's what, an acid that they use in the, the ingredient. That's phenacea. Phenacea. Yeah. You're going to catch no. me I think um, we should have an
1: episode on rosacea.
0: I can okay. definitely we'll talk yeah, about that definitely. and what helps it and why. I'm yeah. on three new, it why? three new
3: medications right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I,
0: Julie has it.
1: I have it a little too. Yeah, I have it too. Everybody has a little Dr. Clickman an- analyzed my my skin for rosacea. Did Arnie you say Klick, you have er, mites? Albert.
2: Oh.
1: Albert. I'm thinking mites. Arnie
2: Klein, Albert Kligman and yeah, Philly. Yeah, not Arnie
1: Klein, Albert Kligman.
2: In Philly? No,
1: we were at, he was uh, in New York uh, giving a lecture. I was sitting in the front row he kept looking at me and looking at me. When I got up to leave, he said, Miss, you have rosacea. You need to
2: have something done about it. <laughs>
1: Always a dermatologist. Always Albert.
2: Yes, he was. He it's was, hard to not see things on people when right. you see. Yeah, it's hard. I, I wish sometimes I just had a, a, a filter for derm I and a know. filter for real life because <laughs> I just constantly. Am, I want to go people patients. and say, "You
1: need
0: to do this, or take care of your baby, or do this for your child." You <laughs> uh, oh my God, I like it when Dr. Vicky tells people that they have barnacles on their face. <laughs> I have them on my back. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a
3: red headed daughter, and mm-hmm. when she she was a baby in the fairest skin she'll have a
1: thinner barrier we would yeah. be
3: at a pool or the beach and strangers would just mm-hmm. come up to me with this gorgeous little curly-haired redhead baby is she wearing sunscreen just strangers Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to get a T-shirt that says, yes, she's wearing sunscreen. (laughs) It was insane. Oh, my God.
2: I know. They're, like,
0: all worried about
2: her. It's so funny. Did you know that redheads need a lot more sunscreen? Is that like if you're smoking or drinking champagne and you're pregnant, people come up to you and say, are you sure you shouldn't be doing that?
0: I had a baby scream, my baby, screaming on the plane to Chicago for, like, 45 oh. minutes out of control. And I had oh. so many mothers on that plane Trying come up to, to me going, and let you. me advise yeah. you on what to do. I'm like, please, how about somebody, somebody just say, let me hold her for you and help you.
3: That's what you needed. <laughs> so That's one I question
1: I get is if the barrier is intact, how does anything get into the skin from your skincare products? That is such a good question.
2: It and sure I don't is. even know the
0: answer. Tell me. Well... <laughs>
2: There, it depends on I mean, micro droplets and and right. microspheres and little pockets of pro- liposomes pockets of, right of,
1: liposomes
2: of ingredients and, and perfectly placed oh,
1: peptides the percentage that you put on the skin Emollients. some of it will not go through some of it will so you sometimes you need to load up the skin in order to get enough of it through for instance On vitamin C, if you take pure ascorbic acid, you put it on the skin, you're going to need a a slug of pure ascorbic acid on the skin for some of it to get through. The problem with that is that it goes through so quickly, it will travel through the entire skin and be released into the bloodstream or wherever within minutes Mm. or within uh, like an hour. So we've got to trap the the vitamin C in the skin in what we call a reservoir of vitamin C. So we will use uh, molecules to help deliver the vitamin C into the skin. And then it's held there. uh, And you don't need as much of the vitamin C. So ascorbic acid, you might see on the label, you're going to need a lot of it. But something like, and here's an ingredient that's going to be in the show notes, Tetrahexadecyl ascorbate. I know Good we both love that, that. ingredient, uh, Dr. Vicky. And tetrahexadecyl ascorbate is a stabilized form of vitamin C. You only need two percent of it to deliver what would be equal to twenty percent vitamin C, free vitamin C or ascorbic acid. In the skin. Secret
2: ingredient notes. Well, one so thing about about the
0: barrier is um, some. Ingredients you want for the surface mm-hmm. of the barrier. Some you want to go in and repair cells in the barrier. Yeah. In the barrier. Some you want it to go down into the right. epidermis, right? So, so there's multiple ingredients in a product that are working at different levels. Right. And targeted of... delivery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. And the lipids that hold the cells together, the mortar and the bricks, Ingredients, uh, especially oil-loving ingredients like the oils that we were talking about in the last episode, that are your quote moisturizing oils, they'll travel into the skin through those lipid through those lipids in the skin.
0: So, um, if you're lacking mortar mm-hmm. in your bricks, the lipids, what uh-huh. right? Uh, what is going to be an ingredient that you want to look for that'll fill that mortar back up? Let's say those that
1: well. One of the things about slugging vaseline Uh or petroleum jelly is there was a study done by Dr. Peter Elias back in the early eighties. He was is a dermatologist at the University of California in San Francisco, and he discovered that applying an occlusive coating over the skin of petroleum jelly, vaseline, uh, will Repair the moisture barrier or the barrier of the skin within about 16 hours. So it is one of the fastest um, barrier how? repair because it occludes, and then the and skin's the, the skin repair. creates the mortar right. back creates oh. the mortar. Because remember the cells in the epidermis, the lower part of the skin underneath that's right underneath the barrier, it creates the barrier. Okay, so. Other ingredients might be our ceramides. You're going to look for ceramides in products. Mm -hmm. You might see a word like hydroxyceramide. As long as you see ceramide in the in the ingredient name, that's going to be beneficial to barrier. Right,
3: Um, Rebecca. I'm sorry. When you were talking about vitamin C, what was the name of that?
1: Tetrahexadecyl ascorbate. That's a big word big word. Does it, have a... It's trade name is I BVOSC.
3: I don't see it. EDTA.
1: Okay. That's that's a chelating agent that takes metals out of mm-hmm. water so your product is more stable. Mm.
3: Uh, absorbal palmitate? Ascorbal palmitate?
1: Ascorbal palmitate is only... It's a fatty vitamin C, but tetrahexadecyl ascorbate is much more effective. That's Tetra, T-E-T-R-A, mm-hmm. Hexyl, H-E-X-Y-L.
3: L. I don't see it in here.
1: Decyl, D-E-C-Y-L. That's all one word. Ascorbate. Okay. Second word, A-S-C-O-R-B-A-T-E. Mm-hmm. And the trade name is BV, capital B-V, dash O-C.
0: So will sometimes that be on an ingredient list?
1: I'm sorry, BV. SC. Yeah, tetrahexidesylascorbate will be on your ingredient list. It should be about the middle of the ingredient list, upper middle.
0: I mean, but the whole word or that abbreviated? The whole word. If you use a trade
1: name on an ingredient list, that's illegal.
0: You you got to
2: pay.
1: You got
0: to pay to play. <laughs> job. All that right, I'm, I'm going to say life. let's wrap up this barrier repair episode, and we're going to get deeper into it in um, episode 17A, where we're going to talk about common barrier repair ingredients to look out for. So um, what are our take-homes from today, everybody?
2: Well, we didn't touch on not smoking to keep your barrier up. So let's well, how just... many
0: people smoke these days?
2: I think a lot. Not
0: in West
1: LA. 13%. (coughs) What? In California, only 13%. But in the Midwest, quite a few people still smoke. So, can you smoke and
0: and not have a damage barrier? No. What? How about misting your face with uh, pollution solution mist?
1: Pollution Solution Mist is a formula that I developed 20 years ago, and Trina, I think you offer that for sale, don't you? (laughs) And that has some ingredients in it that help to protect the barrier lipids from oxidizing when cigarette smoke comes in contact with them. Mm -hmm. The problem with cigarette smoke, I've actually written an article about cigarette smoke in the skin, if we want to post it on the show notes, Mm -hmm. we can because uh, there's a lot to cigarette smoke in the skin, but cigarette smoke will oxidize the lipids between your skin cells. And when that happens, they are no longer effective as a barrier. Mm.
0: So um, so people who don't want to quit smoking, what can they do? Put Where? up with a damaged barrier? Wrap their face in, a, in a towel that is while not...
1: they smoke?
3: I don't really want to give them any kind of...
1: Yeah. Suggestions but quitting
3: but quitting. They can't do
1: anything because cigarette (laughs) smoke works inside the body and on the skin. And when it's working inside the body, it's working on the bottom layers of the skin to damage age, cause pigmentation changes, damage collagen so your wrinkles are deeper. You get your whistle lines, you get uh, crow's feet around your eyes, you get discolorations in the skin, and you get uh, dehydration in a damaged barrier. What can you do to help protect from cigarette smoke? Stop putting your skin around cigarette smoke. And that has to do with uh, secondhand smoke that's being blown in your face as well as when you blow it out in your mouth.
2: Yeah, and I would say for a dermatologist, smoking lines are the most difficult lines to improve. Mm-hmm. And people will have come in telling me that they've done co2 resurfacing lasers they've done microneedling they've done this they've done that what else can i do and they have these deep 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 lines mm-hmm. and yes we can do botox yes we can do fillers but you can never really make them that much better i tell them look for 50% improvement and of course people don't think about that when they're smoking when they're 16 17 18 or starting mm-hmm. to, through their 20s and 30s so you know i know it's just a cosmetic problem but it's a very difficult problem to to That is the one
0: problem, I think, those lip lines that people have. Like they can get facelifts, they can fill it, they can do everything. It doesn't take it away unless you look like a lion.
2: And I love your, you know, your pollution solution mist is cool, but like, you would have to bring that with you with every cigarette. Mm-hmm. You're going to spray that stuff after every cigarette if people are two pack a dayers, <laughs> hell no. Plus before, they're not even before, before
0: and after. Before. Yeah, well, and it's well, not
2: and who knows how, you know, how much improvement it would yeah. really make. So well, the point is, I agree with Julie. The recommendation is just quit. Quit. But That's how we really tested hard.
1: pollution solution mist is we asked smokers? a group of our <laughs> employees who smoked and drank to go into a smoky bar for an evening. And they sprayed half of the face with this mist and they left the other half exposed. And they sprayed it like every 15 minutes to a half an hour. And at the end of the night, the part that was sprayed was moist and hydrated and comfortable. And the part that wasn't was dry. Like a prune. Like a prune and was dry and tight. And that lasted until the following evening. Wow. It took that long for the, the skin to repair itself.
0: Wow. Dang. Well... Uh, if you need some pollution solutions. <laughs> We're not supposed to be plugging <laughs> any products. just kidding. Um, okay, so what are our takeaways today? Don't smoke. That's a big takeaway. Oh, yeah. If you feel stinging on your face, your barrier is damaged. Yeah.
1: If you have tightness on your face, your barrier is damaged. If your skin gets red or is sensitive, you have barrier damage. If your skin is flaky or ashy, you have barrier damage. There are so many
0: things that will damage your barrier. So another takeaway is it's okay to use Vaseline or Aquaphor on your face at night with a little bit of hydration, water, mist, or something underneath. once a week. Once a week. Don't do it every night. No. Yeah. Yeah.
3: My takeaway is seek professional help if you need to yes. find out what's going on. If you're experiencing the any kind of extreme. Yes. Exactly, And maybe, you know, mention to your doctor if you want to start upping certain products, make sure you get the the green light.
1: My takeaway is just because something, a routine works for you for a certain amount of time, doesn't mean it's going to continue working for you Mm -hmm. and this is one reason to continue to evaluate your skin if you think a professional can help an esthetician will be able to evaluate your skin if you see an esthetician you should see an esthetician at least every season if not every six to eight weeks yeah and don't the Moisturizer that you used as a teenager or in your 20s is probably not the moisturizer you should be using in your 50s.
0: Yes, you may need to change that. Right. <laughs> because our skin does lose oil right. as we get older as well, right? right. So. And
1: if, you're, if your cleanser is too strong and your moisturizer soaps up or whites up, it's too strong for your skin, and that's creating a damage barrier.
0: All right. Dr. Well, we'll Vicky? talk more about these and yeah. Dr. Anything Vicky else? Hasn't said anything. No, I
2: did. I said smoking.
0: Yeah. Oh, you said smoking too as your takeaway? Okay. Don't do it. You mean that? Yeah. What about marijuana? Sorry, I just had to throw that out there. What about smoking
2: pot? Same thing. Same? Yeah, same thing. Different Edibles. chemicals, different chemicals. If you if you need CBD or a THC, I do think it is actually a pretty amazing medication for a lot of things. I'm not against that at all, but I, I know it's hard, but just don't smoke it, don't vape it. I say eat it, you know, tincture it, drink it, but I would not recommend smoking it.
1: Because the smoke has other chemicals in it that are not transferred in a solid, and they're better for your body, the solids are, and... I think we're going to spend an episode on CBDs as well. And when we talk about barrier repair ingredients in episode 17A, we'll talk about CBDs for barrier repair.
0: Okay. All right. Well, um, it was lovely hanging out with you ladies. Mm. I'm going to go repair my barrier with a little bit of alcohol for.
2: <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. I'm going to go drink <laughs> some water.
0: I'm going to go drink some wine <laughs> and then barrier repair. Perfect. I'm going to go slug. I'm going to slug. Some I'm going to go slug. Your Pinot Noir chug. has
1: the most resveratrol in Lug, it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. I'll drink
0: Pinot Noir or Mezcal. I'm not sure yet. All right. <laughs> I didn't know Mezcal
1: was a wine.
0: It's not. <laughs> I'm thinking of where I'm going to go. Okay. <laughs> All right, ladies. Nice talking to you. I'll s- we'll see you next time. Okay, everybody. Bye. 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 This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you facially conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at info@faciallyconscious.com.